0: Talking baseball, Klizuski, Campanella, talking baseball. The man and Bobby Pella, back for another episode of new- Dirty Kurt's Dugout. Welcome, everyone. Well, it's that time of year again. The Hall of Fame ballots are out, as Barry just told you, and for the first time, voters are actually posting their picks on social media, just like he just said. Now, I realize there's been one or two guys that did that in the past, but this year they're coming out of the woodwork. I mean, they really are. And it seems that everyone agrees that Mariano Duncan will be first ballot Hall of Famer. I agree 100%. Well, I'm not going to be talking to you tonight about who's going in. I want to talk to you about who's not going to be elected, at least not this year. There's first-timer Todd Helton and one of the better hitters that I've ever seen, Larry Walker, Reason. They played at Coors Field. And for that reason, the Colorado Rockies will never be able to sign a Hall of Fame caliber free agent because he knows that if he spends any length of time in Colorado, he's not going to get elected to the Hall of Fame, or at least it's going to put an asterisk by everything that he does. Then there's Fred McGriff and Gary Sheffield, crime dog and chef, two players that are at the top of my list as the most disrespected candidates in history. McGriff has topped out at 24% in the balloting. That's almost unbelievable to me. And Sheffield, a paltry 11.1%. She, you want to know a stat on Sheffield? With the swing that he had in 22 years, he never struck out more than 84 times. That is an amazing statistic. Well, here's two more examples. Listen to these lifetime stats. All-time Leader in hits, games played, at-bats, singles. That guy's number one. The second guy, despite exceptional play in the 1919 World Series, he was banned from baseball for life for throwing the games. He led both teams in several categories, and he set a World Series record at that time with 12 base hits and did not commit any errors in the field. And, of course, that's Shoeless Joe Jackson. He finished his career with a three fifty six lifetime batting average and would surely be in the Hall of Fame, in my view, if he had not been wrongly convicted of being one of the players that fixed the 1919 World Series. We'll be visiting that with the release of Shoeless Joe Jackson, a movie, being put together as we speak. Let's get back to number one. One of the best players I ever saw play. And I got to tell you something. This guy, as I mentioned, is the all-time major league leader in singles. In my 15 years playing against him, I never once saw him hit a single where I didn't know whether or not he was going to go to second base. Hell, there were times early in my career when I was playing second base, I would go to the bag if Pete Rose walked. Yeah, that's right. I would walk towards second base because I never knew if this guy was just going to round first and go to second. They call him Charlie Hustle for a reason, a guy that I've looked up to for a long time. Pete Rose, welcome to the show.
1: Hey,
2: Dirty. Nice to talk to you, Kurt. Um, You want my opinion on some of the things you just said? (laughs)
0: <laughs> so you're going to turn this around yeah let's hear no, your no, opinion
2: I'm not, I, I'm not going to turn it around i want to hear i want to hear your yeah, opinion when, when you're talking about McGriff and you're talking about sheffield who actually uh played when i was playing and they're, they're they're tremendous players but kurt you can't you can't start putting everybody in the hall of fame i mean there has to be some criteria that uh uh that, that you know, separates guys like Fred McGriff or, or guys like uh, Sheffield. Uh, as far as home runs, uh, RDIs, uh things like that. I mean, some of these good players that hit 350 home runs when other guys are hitting 550 and 600, uh, it, it's not the same ballpark. And let's face it, whether you want to agree with this or not, Kurt, and I know you've you got your own mind, but the Hall of Fame is about statistics. Okay, that's what it's about. It's about nothing else. It's not about if you were a nice guy. Uh, it's not about this or not about that. It's about statistics, and you know, this is the statistics have changed because 500 home runs today is not that big a deal. I think you'll agree with that.
0: Oh, without a doubt, because
2: because of the way the home runs are being hit today, uh, you know, it's that 500 is going to go to 600. Now you you said something about Sheffield never struck out more than eighty six times uh,
0: in a year. What
2: well, 86 six times striking out back in the eighties and nineties? a lot was a lot of strikeouts.
0: It was up there, 80s. but he had a huge swing, though.
2: I know, I know. And and here's something else that, that that I don't I don't know what's going to happen in Colorado. I, I think because of that ballpark, Colorado's going to have a hard time signing. Really, really, really good pitchers, because they just don't want to pitch in that ballpark. But don't forget, you only play 81 games in the home ballpark. I mean, we could we could talk today, Kurt, about playing 81 games in Camden Yards. That's a joke. Or I'm going to tell you another joke. I don't know if you've been there or not. Playing 81 games in Houston, that ballpark is a joke. It's a it's a joke. Uh, to think you can pitch in that ballpark. Cincinnati, it's a joke. Philadelphia, it's a joke. Yankee Stadium, an all right field. It's a joke. I mean, that's why I'm not surprised these guys are all hitting 25 to 40 home runs. These ballparks, and I never thought I'd ever talk to you on a radio show or a podcast or whatever, whatever we're doing and defend pitchers. But I have to defend pitchers because... We don't do anything to help pitch in the day, okay? Don't tell me the ball's not juiced. You're not going to sell me on that, okay? Because when I see some of these guys, everybody who plays baseball today, Kurt, everybody is a potential home run hitter based on the ballparks, based on umpires not calling strikes. You know, I, I saw Bryce Harper break a bat in half and hit a ball 415 feet. And that New was York amazing, wasn't it? I mean, you're going to tell me the ball's not juiced? I saw a ball, Kurt, I saw a ball about five months ago. I was watching Anaheim, and a guy hit a high pop-up. This is no bull. It hit behind the dugout and bounced into the second deck. I went out the next day and bought a ball, and it took me about a half hour to take the damn thing apart. And, you know, when we played, inside the ball was a cork, correct?
0: Christian cork center.
2: Yeah. Now it's like a crazy ball. It's a little ball. It's, it's not a court no more. And now the balls are made in Costa Rica. They used to be made in Haiti. Right. Now, and, and I know baseball don't want to admit anything's going on with the ball because then then they they can't get on guys who took steroids because all that's doing is is enhancing more home runs because baseball wants home, run, home runs. Kurt, there were 40,000. 40,000 base hits in baseball this year throughout the whole league. There were 40,250 strikeouts. First time ever, more strikeouts in Major League Baseball than hits. I don't think that's what the commissioner really would, uh, what's, what's, uh, what's, what's going on with the game of baseball? Boston, LA. Pretty good matchup, isn't it, for uh, uh,
0: markets? It was great market matchup,
2: absolutely. Yeah, it was the fourth lowest-rated World Series ever. What is that telling us, like me and you as, as baseball fans? What is that telling us? What is all the strikeouts telling the commissioner? All the commissioner and his, his uh, group of guys, all they seem to think about is changing the damn rules about everything. You know when you played, you didn't mind if a guy tried to knock you on your ass when you're playing second, did you?
0: Yeah, I was. You know, it was kind of part of the game.
2: I mean, you you as long as he did it cleanly, you didn't mind if a guy pitched you inside, did you? Unless he was thrown at your head, not at all. If a catcher blocking the plate and don't have the ball, hey, and you can't you can't reach home plate, you got to do what you got to do because you got to try to win the game. The only reason you play baseball or play sports is to win. You don't play for exercise. And all, every every other month, they're changing a different rule in baseball. I don't I don't get it. We started playing this game in, 1890, in 1896 or whatever back in Cincinnati, and the game's been doing pretty good. But now all of a sudden, they want to speed the ball game up. How are you going to speed the ball game up, Kurt? How are you going to speed a game up, fans, if you've got six minutes of commercial every inning? That's 54 minutes of commercials every baseball game played in baseball this year. With that many commercials, they're sure in the hell not going to cancel the commercials. How are you going to speed the game up? How about in September? We had two different games because of all the call-ups. You know, I know you're aware of this. Two different games, teams used 23 pitchers in one game.
0: I know. It's now, been crazy, hasn't it? how are you going to it?
2: speed the game up by bringing in 23 pitchers? <laughs> i mean can you i mean can you let me in on the secret
0: <laughs> no there's i i don't know the answer i really don't i mean, <laughs> I mean so, so well i've watched you i've watched you voice your opinion with uh with a rod and with with frank thomas and i gotta tell you something you're you are a riot on that show the the three guy the three personalities that are on that show and then yeah. the lead guy who is uh you know he's the lead guy. I mean, that's what he's yeah. there for—to use you yeah. guys for everything. That is yeah. such a great combination. I really well, enjoy you, watching. You, it. you
2: would be—you would be the same on that show. Uh, you'd be the same on that show as me without the hits, because you—you—you you, you give your opinion and you're not scared to, to speak your opinion. W- without that's the what, hits,
0: huh? you had to put that in there. <laughs>
2: well, you, you don't have the hits. I mean. And, and, and you made it sound like I was a singles hitter. Man, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's hey, not I'm, true I'm, at all. I'm second in the history of baseball with doubles, too. So I'm not only a singles hitter, okay? It's,
0: <laughs> I hate
2: that. You've got more singles than anybody. Well, so you
0: know I why more. I pointed that out was the obvious reason because of how hard that you ran down to first base and rounded the bag.
2: Oh, you got to. I, and, I left home when I hit a single. I left home thinking about two. Yeah, if but I you don't, it,
0: it, that doesn't happen today, Pete.
2: I know. I see it. I watch it. You're absolutely I right. I mean, I You're see
0: guy, right. I see guy. I tell you what, my kid did it one day and I waited for him in the parking lot yeah. and got up in his face and I said, if I ever see you do it again, I won't even ever come to your games. And he didn't have any idea what I was talking about. He got a base hit. He ran down to first base and he took like a step around the bag and then came back to it. Yeah, I mean it drove me crazy.
2: Well, what happens? If, what, happened, what What's he going to tell you if the ball got by the left fielder? I agree. I agree, what, I agree yeah, with you on Standing on first base, looking for a hole to get into, but don't remember, Kurt. Don't remember. Remember this, Kurt. You you were in spring training with the Big Red Machine guys. I wasn't the only one that played hard, Perez. And the present bench played just as hard as I did, but they, they couldn't run. You know, you don't have to be running the first on a base on balls or uh, make, making a single into a double to play hard. We yeah. had uh, everybody on the team played hard. Oh, absolutely that, they did. And that comes, that comes, I don't know if you agree with this or not, but if you have a situation where a guy don't run a ball out or a guy's late to practice or a guy misses a bus, that's your leadership's problem. That's the guy in charge's problem, and I've I've been on that side of the, of the of the wall too. I was a manager for like five and a half years, and I was lucky, man. I had guys like like Larkin and Sabo and Jones and Eric Davis and Milner and and Reedus and the, all the guys that played hard, you know, and Stillwell and and uh, you know I had I had I saw thirty two players in my managerial career get their first hit. That's a lot of young players. But there again, if you're going to play for Pete Rose in Cincinnati, you're not going to run a ball out. Are you kidding?
0: No, you, it's boot- almost a must.
2: Yeah, people would boo you out of the city. And uh, listen, Kurt, I, I believe fans should expect two things. That's why when I went to Philadelphia for five years, I got all the respect in the world for the Philly fans. And they get a bad rap, okay? But I got to figure it this way. Philly fans want two things as – San Diego fans should want. They should want a player to win and to bust his ass. Don't ask me to do anything else. Just ask me to play hard and bust my ass for you and win the game. And if you don't believe that as a fan, you're not a good fan. That's what that's what you should want from your home team. Do so you, you understand what I'm saying now? I think you oh, agree yeah. with that. Absolutely. It's not rocket science. And too many of these guys – they they don't want to talk about Babe Ruth. They'd rather, they 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 rather talk about how much money they made, what kind of big contract they just got, and they're getting big contracts. And, and I and I'm not against anybody that uh, that makes a lot of money. I don't care if uh, if uh, Mike Trout gets 400 million. It's not going to change my life. I don't care if Bryce Harper gets 400 million. I, you know, I I didn't care that John Carlos Stanton got 325 million. I wouldn't give it to him if I was running the team. But you know, when when I used to work with A Rod, if people used to bad mouth A Rod about how much money he made, I used to tell him, listen, instead of complaining to A Rod and his salary, the next time you have a contract, call his agent and let him do it for you because he knows what the hell he's doing. And that's that's the way I think about that. Sure, I wish I'd have, I wish I was playing today. You know, you wish you were playing today. You'd be ma- you, you'd be making 10-15 million. Okay? I'd be making 25-30 Ben should be making 25-30 million. Morgan'd be making th- the same. Perez would be making the same. Davey'd be making 15-18 million. You know, but we we're, we're not playing now. All we can do is just re- respect the guys. And and give them credit. I mean, they're not (laughs) – baseball owners are not giving out uh, fake money. They're making the money or they wouldn't be giving it out.
0: You know, you said a word in everything that you just said in the last uh, minute or two, and that jumped out at me, and it was respect. Uh, I want the players of today to respect the players that came before them because there's so many of them that don't have a clue. And that's the thing that upsets me the most.
2: Kurt, 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 half the players today, uh, all the players today would know Jackie Robinson because they they retired his number in every ballpark. Half of the players today uh, wouldn't know who uh, Kurt Flood is.
0: Which is a shame.
2: They probably don't know who Marvin Miller is. You know, I mean, if I'm I'm in a clubhouse today, I'm, I'm telling you the truth now. If I'm in a clubhouse said I'll get goosebumps on about this. If I walk into a club if I'm in a clubhouse today and Babe Ruth walked in, I wouldn't know what to do. The most nervous I've ever been in my life, man I've been in front of federal judges, okay was about 15 years ago now. I was up in Cooperstown, safe at home signing autographs, and this 78 year old lady went block walked three blocks down from the from the Hall of Fame to say hi to me, and it was Babe Ruth's daughter. That's the most nervous I've ever been in my life. I'm sitting here saying, I can't – this is Babe Ruth's daughter? She can't be. Babe Babe Ruth can't have a daughter. Claire was her name. It was Babe Ruth's daughter. Because, because, Kurt, I don't know how you feel, but I get asked this question all the time. I don't know who the greatest player in the history of baseball is. I think it was Babe Ruth. Because Babe Ruth did something that other people, I don't think Gretzky could do. I don't think Michael Jordan could do. I don't think Tom Brady could do. If you think those are the best players in their sports, Babe Ruth, by going into this town or that town for a weekend series, saved those franchises, enabled baseball to grow. And you remember uh, you remember the announcer for the Reds named Wade Hoyt? I do. Yeah, he played for the Yankees. Yeah. He, he played with Babe, and when I first came up, man, I used to sit with him on the airplane. I know more about Babe Ruth and Ty Cobb than any man alive, because he played against Ty and with Babe. Matter of fact, Babe made an error one time and cost him his 20th win, and they didn't, they didn't talk for a year, and he <laughs> used to go out with Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth was not a liquor drinker. He was a beer drinker, and he, he loved kids, and he loved to go out, and he loved to have fun. And, and he told me about Ty Cobb. This is back in the 60s. He said, if Ty Cobb was playing today, he'd be the meanest son of a bitch in baseball. I said, what do you mean? He said, fighting mad. He said, he was the toughest son of a bitch he's ever been around in his life. He just, And he was six foot two, which is big back in the 20s. He said, he'd just soon knock you on your ass and talk to you. And I just was amazed to hear these stories wow. about these old timers. He didn't talk much about Lou Gehrig. Lou was kind of quiet, but he he used to always go out because because I think Wade was like Babe as far as a partier, and and Babe Babe would always come to the ballpark ready to play. And if I could ever meet one person, and I hope I go to heaven. I hope Babe Roof's there. That's the one guy. That's the one guy. And I met seven presidents, Kurt. I've been in the White House two or three times. One guy I would have loved to met is Babe Ruth. He's done. He's done so much, and I wasn't even a home run hitter.
0: Yeah, so but he just I, iconic. Think I'd be
2: more interested in Ty Cobb because he had a 367 lifetime bat average. But Babe Ruth was the man. I mean, I just can't. And, and I'm talking to his daughter, okay. And then two days later, I'm down in uh, Tampa, and I get on a plane to go back home in L.A. And sitting right in front of me, Kurt, right in front of me is Priscilla Presley. So in the course of two days, I met Babe Ruth's daughter and Elvis's wife. <laughs> That's pretty good Man, two days. Hey, I was having a hell of a month. I almost start gambling right then again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you talk about things that give you goosebumps. Uh, I have a memory uh, in yeah. my career. Uh, dating back to September 1985, where I was playing third base. And you came up in the first inning against our ball club and broke Ty Cobb's record. Yeah. And I w- I am proud to this day to have shared the field, uh, not only that night, but any other game that I ever played against you. Uh, because uh, I looked up to you from the first day I ever walked into a Reds camp.
2: And I'll, t- and I'll tell you why. I- and I'm, I'm a- you can verify this, I hope. It's probably because I treated you like one of the guys.
0: You always treated me great. You did.
2: I, I always treated young players great. And let me tell you why. If I, got, if I got a minute? You got a minute. Okay. When I came up in 63, it was a real quickish team. And the only players that gave me any respect that would hang around with me was Veda Pinson and Frank Robinson. I was actually called in the Reds' office for hanging with the African-American players too much because the other players wanted nothing to do with me because I was a local kid, I was brash, I was cocky, but I could play, okay? And I, I just told myself I'll never let that happen to a young player in a clubhouse that I'm in again. That's why every player, from Kurt Vivacqua to Johnny Bench uh, to Davey Concepcion, I treat them like they were one of the guys because they were one of the guys. And that's the way I look at that situation.
0: And you know what? Some of my best friendships to this day are guys that were on a Reds team that I actually never got to play for during the regular season. Uh huh. So that's because of guys like you. And I appreciate that. Well Pete Rose, thank you. You
2: worked hard, that's why we respected you.
0: I did work hard. I did. did. And every once in a while every once in a while I'd get a big hit. (laughs)
2: Well, hey, you worked hard and you worked often. That's why you got that damn name dirty.
0: (laughs) There you go. Pete, thank you very much. I hope the next time I talk to you, um, it'll be under some different circumstances, although you sound like you're doing great. I know you are. Uh, I'm glad to hear that uh, your attitude is what it is, and uh, you know that I'm in your corner.
2: I appreciate that, Curtin. It's always a pleasure talking to you because you do your homework and you know what the hell you're talking about.
0: Thanks, Pete. Barry Bloom's been a national reporter for MLB.com, currently writes for Forbes.com, and has more than 35 years of experience covering sports. You can find him on Twitter at Boomski. That's B-O-O-M-S-K-I-E. And he's one of those. Yeah, those. I call him those because he's a card cower, uh, cow, cowering. <laughs> yeah, you know what? For a long time, they were. He's a card-carrying Hall of Fame voter. Yeah, he's got some power. Let's see how Barry Bloom feels about this subject. Barry, welcome to the show. I appreciate it. Hey, Kurt, what's going on? Nothing much, but there's a lot of stuff that's happened in the last couple of days.
1: Uh, Yeah, it's been an interesting offseason, to say the least.
0: It really has. And I've, I've got to ask you, as you prepare probably to go over to the winter meetings in Las Vegas, when you saw that Major League Baseball had signed an agreement with the MGM Grand Gaming Foundation, what went through your mind?
1: Well, I mean, first of all, you know, this has been a, a fait accompli now for the last couple of months. I mean, if you came down to the point where the Supreme Court was going to, you know, approve or, you know, I don't know whether you say they they overturned a case that gave uh, public bidding, uh, you know, a right to, to the state of New Jersey. Uh, and so once they did that, then you knew that this was out here for all sports leagues to, uh, you know, to cash on. And Major League Baseball has been looking for new sources of revenue, and they've been preparing for this by getting involved with these fantasy sports leagues. Uh, you know, uh, for, for the last couple of years, they've 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 bought pieces of it. You know, th- 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 this has been something that's been angling for a while so you know my question was only after this all happened is you know why would anybody pay Major League Baseball or any sports league a right to use their information which is not proprietary you know the the Major League Baseball already lost this case on on fantasy baseball when they were trying to charge CBS Sports ESPN yada 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 for the use of MLB statistics for their uh, for their leagues, and that that case uh, was rejected. Uh, they they lost, and 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 those two, those, those uh, outlets were able to use the statistics as a public domain. And it's to me, it's the same thing. So the fact that uh, MGM would go into uh, business not only with the, and the uh, MLB, but with the NBA and NHL is interesting to me because I guess it's worth the, sh- the small percentage of the, of the money that they're going make to make to be partners with all these leagues and keep them happy. I mean, it, it, it's just a fait accompli. It's nothing more whether I'm for it, against it, whether I might be horrified about it, It's just the way it is, and it's just the new phase of where we're all going.
0: So the game is changing. We've seen Hall of Fame votes change in the last couple of years to where voters never voted for guys that at least have been mentioned as far as steroid users, whether or not they were suspended or convicted or anything. Uh I'm not even going to ask you your position on the steroid part of things because this is not what this show's all about. Well, as always, honest answers from Barry Bloom at Bloomsky. If you want to follow him on Twitter, Barry, I appreciate your time. It sounds like Pete's got a road uh, ahead of him with a lot of bumps and bruises in it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be one of those things. You know, and she did mention the uh, the. Uh, the Shoeless Joe too. Well, what happens at this point? Do we put Shoeless Joe in? And and I said to him, "Well, look, at least let's let's worry about people who were eligible when the Hall of Fame became into existence, which was in the, in the like 1936, I think was the first first ballot for the Hall of Fame.
0: Yeah, because that, that was Shoeless the Joe ballot was, that Babe Ruth was on.
1: Right. So Shoeless Joe was was banned from Major League Baseball in 1919. And you know, so let's take it one at a time, you know, let's deal with the Rose issue and, and, and let's move, move ahead on that before we deal with Sheila's show. It doesn't have to all, all be done at once. And my feeling is just like, you know, you know, the steroid people, you know, you make your decision on who goes on into the Hall of Fame and who's on your ballot on a case by case basis. And, and, and not everyone fits the same shoe as, uh, as somebody else and why you would vote for them and, and why you don't. And, you know, that's a whole other conversation. But in light of, you know, baseball's now acceptance of public betting on the game at the ballpark on your PDA, you can sit there on your iPhone and you can bet on whether the next pitch is going to be a ball or a strike, I think you need to review. Yeah, I don't
0: that like rule that.
1: twenty-one. And I think you also read it. You know, first of all, you have to make sure that you have to police an investigate your investigative arm into what the players are doing has to be more stringent than ever, because this opens a cornucopia of stuff that that wasn't available for players to to do. And you know, the, the old you know Don Fair line on the drug testing was that he was not going to penalize his players in his union for things that were publicly legal and anybody could go into a, a health food store and pick up off the shelves. And ultimately, the, uh, the Congress reclassified a lot of those steroids and put them on a restricted list. You know, they went wound up collectively bargaining and negotiating drug testing. And, you know, that's the way they chose to handle that issue. And I think at some point, the Players Association and baseball are going to have to sit down and figure out how you're going to negotiate this, how it's going to be, uh, you know, legalized, you know, it's going to be policed what kind of money the Players Association There's a lot the to players talk about. is going to get out of it. There's
0: a whole lot what, to talk about.
1: And then whether Pete Rose should just be put it. let's just get it out of the way at this point.
0: Okay, he served his time.
1: While he's like still alive. He certainly alive, has. The guy has, uh, you know, 4,256 hits, you know, and you can put on his plaque that he was banned from baseball for 30 years before he was elected to the Hall of Fame.
0: Barry, again, thank you for your honesty. I know where you stand on the Pete Rose issue for sure. The next time we talk, I'm going to find out who you voted for that's associated with steroids. Barry, it's been good. Thank you very much. We'll talk again soon.
1: Okay, well, you'll see my ballot next week. Uh, so
0: you'll know. Perfect. Thank you. If you enjoyed Dirty Kurtz Dugout and want to support the show, hear guys like Pete Rose how often do you get to hear an interview from P. Rose on a podcast? Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Kurt Bavacqua. It's the simplest and the most direct way to help us produce more and better podcast episodes. Naturally, you can go to iTunes, Stitcher, Tuned in or elsewhere, leave a review, and that gets other people wanting to hear the show. So if you really liked it, Review it for me on social media, whether it's Twitter, Facebook. I don't care. Let's talk about it. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. And you never know who's going to be on the show next time. You know why you don't know? Because I don't know. It could be one of hundreds that I have in my phone book like Pete. I'll talk to you soon. Goodbye, everybody. Especially Duke. Well, case.